Hey everyone. Hey everyone. This is an exciting episode for me because I'm going to be talking to one of the most innovative, legendary hip hop artists of all time. Uh, he's a founding member of a tribe called Quest. He's also an actor, a musician, a producer, a DJ, and probably one of the most wonderful human beings out there in the world. Thank God for him. I'm honored because he doesn't do a lot of interviews. This is my friend, Q-Tip. Hey, this is Q-Tip. Q, Kamal. Kamal is the, one of the greatest uh, musicians um, I've, I actually, we know out there. I think he's, you're, you're so extraordinary in all that you do. That's not, <laughs> not true. It's true. It is true. It is true. What are you, so are you, you're home? Can you see me? Yeah, now I can see you. Gosh, you know that, you know what I rewatched and I hadn't seen in a long time and I think it really needs to get back out there is, is, um, prison song. Oh Lord. Your, your film prison song. Oh no, this is a really important film. And I, I I don't know if people haven't seen this movie (laughs) in this time right now, that's a film to actually Netflix needs to have a center and we've got to see it. It's, it's so, it's such an important film and it's, um, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen it, a lo- I've seen it a long time ago, but that first shot with that director of yours, oh my um, God. That, sh- that movement, like it just kept going and going into the bus like, with the kids. I mean, that's one of the great long, yeah, yeah, she, was, she was, she was trying to get her true foe on, but she, yeah, co-wrote it with Darnell. Came on, kind of wrote it, and then uh, we went and we we uh, did it with uh, Bob and Jane at Tribeca. Yeah. So it was it was cool. It was like it was very advantageous, I guess you know. But um, you know, we tried to do a little thing, um, and you know, it 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 it, it has its place in in the annals of hip hop film filmography, if such a thing. Um. It- but. I think it was an. I think it's an important film, and I, I, I actually really enjoyed. It. And your performance and your work, and Mary J. Blige is in it. All the work was. It was yeah, just. I I it was fun. It was a cute film. It was. But like you said, the message was really. That's that's, that's what we were really trying to to, to to go for. You know, a um, woman because Jane uh, Rosenthal from Tribeca. Everybody who listens out there, we did. I we produced it with Robert De Niro and Jane. Um, uh, Rosenthal at uh, Tribeca, and um, she called me recently. It was like, we need to maybe do that now. I think it's probably right now. It's probably time to kind of really do it for real because of everything that's happening. You know, that's that's what I thought because I saw it a long time ago. I think it, when it first came out, I might have seen it at a film festival or something. Uh, and and then I said, you know, I want to. I got to rewatch that film, and I was really happy that I did. And also, the score is great, Utopia. Uh, so. Yeah. Are you Utopia too? <laughs> I, well, I Utopia. Wait, when you say Utopia, are you talking about Todd Redgren? No, no. I mean, wait. What the score says? It says the score. Wasn't the score? Said oh, it was. Uh, I didn't have nothing to do with the score. She she went and sourced Darnell sourced that out, and you know, well, that was a mistake. You should have been the, the done the well, music. Yeah, you know. I mean, hey, that doesn't make any sense. Her and I spoke heads. No, creatively, creatively. like that didn't make sense. You should explore in that movie, and I thought, okay, well, he must have had something. All right, all right. So let me talk to you. Are you? Where am I? I How am I? No, I, I just saw. I just was the other night. Yeah, 
I was just surfing or whatever, and Pulp Fiction was on it. Uh, 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 <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to be speaking to her. Yes. Another, <laughs> the, a, whole, a whole other lifetime of, uh, but that movie sure uh, still. Can I just say that you're just amazing? You, your whole family, your dedication to your craft. I'm just honest, like real talk. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been doing this for a while. So like I think we were saying before, we oh. exist in a, in a fraternity, right? Of great artists. Yeah. You know, whether it be Josephine Baker or Paul Robeson or Rando or whomever. And I'm just so sincerely like just humble to, to, to coexist with you and your wonderful family um, and just, you know, doing the work that you've done, you know? Oh, come on. That's, that's, that means so much to me. I really, you know, it's funny because um, I know that, that you were raised by, you know, good parents and your father was like uh, into jazz and, and mm-hmm. you, you were inspired by him and you and, and then you made a choice later in life to become a Muslim. My parents, became Muslim when I was a kid. So mm. I, I was raised among, you know, with many religions. My mom was a Jew. My father was Christian and, and then they became Muslim. And so we were uh. raised w- with all religions. They changed their name to, to Muslim names. Uh, we had Ramadan, like, you know, that's just, so this was kind of a thing that like, I, I was interested in talking to you about, but there's so much to talk to you about well, and I could talk for hours and I'm so ADD, but I want to, no, well, you know, we could just do it all. Yeah. Right. I mean, First, tell me a little bit, you know, just about how you grew up. And then, you know, I know that when when you met, you know, your your tribe and mm. Fife and everybody and you guys were young kids and you met in church at two or something. And then and then you then you uh, started rapping like together and writing together like early, like kids, like nine, ten. Right. You started. Yeah. Writing? Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Um <clears throat> You know, growing up in in, in New York City in, in the seventies is what it was. You know what I mean? And um, we the music in schools was starting to be, you know, take music programs in New York City schools. They had a big thing, you know, in the sixties where they started to like redirect the curriculums. So we didn't really have, you know. Because, you know, you had to have a higher, you know how these things go. You have, if you live in a district where the income is X amount, the schools obviously are better. You know, you go to another neighborhood where the schools aren't as good. So in those neighborhoods, arts was the first thing to go. Yeah. Luckily, you know, we we had hip hop. So that was like our kind of early thing at nine and eight was the first rap record was and and these were cats that when we were like six seven you know you'd hear people before a recorded rap record you'd hear people you know kind of rapping and you see djs set up and they have block parties it was a new york thing you know so that's how we got to it so early just being it was like a craze. It was uh, I, I wasn't alive then, but I could liken it. And I'm sure I know I know you you weren't either. But it's like if the twist came out and Chubby Checker and just like a phenomenon, or like when I want to hold your hand by the Beatles, it was a phenomenon, right. right? Or when I don't know Salt Peanuts with with Charlie Parker came out, phenomenon, right? Yes. So 
hip hop, pivoted. That was just a, it was just like, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's why we did it so early. That's why we got to it so early because, you know, we were at that impressionable age and we were very industrious, you know, and uh, we were very serious. I remember Fife, God bless his soul, he was like, you know, I, you know, I'm a few months older than him, but he was just always the short kind of mouthy. And he was like, man, you know, if Run DLC, I mean, no, if, 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 if Rappers Delight could do it, then we could do it. And then when Run DMC and those guys came out, like around 82, which was a few years after, we were 12, 13, then we were just like, okay, let's go. Do you have you have all that footage? Like, do you have like recordings of the little like you know, I, tape I recordings of it. that time? I used to have. Well, I had uh, like the first demos when I was writing when I was fourteen, fifteen. When I wrote Benita Applebaum and all that stuff on the first album, a lot of that when I was fifteen. Huh. I had that stuff, but then I lost it all in a fire. I had a horrible fire in my townhouse. <sighs> lost a lot of that stuff. A lot of that tribe stuff oh no wish i had it that's terrible and um when you actually formed tribe called quest the Mm -hmm. the 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 official band how how old were you then uh we were 15 it so it was 15 but that's like that's and it's and but were you signed then no, we were shopping and we got si- got signed on um but I started put- we started putting out records when we were like 17, 18 and got officially signed when we were 18. 1988, yeah. 18. And were you signed by what was your first label? Um Jive. It was Jive. Yeah, which was at the time it was called Jive RCA. Yep. And um they had Houdini on the label and um, Fresh Prince, Will Smith was on the label and um, Boogie Now Productions, KRS-One was on the label. What I always loved about your music and I love about your music is just that it's like it just, it really just took this what's going on in the world socially in a way and, you know, it's just the marriage of what's happening socially and poetry and then this sound that is unique and it is yours. And I think so many people were influenced by you, including, by the way, I have to say as much, uh, you made a uh, Prince. I think he was influenced by you guys. <laughs> I do. I think, that's the, I think you got it wrong. It's the I other. don't know. I don't know. Never, no, never, never, never. That's uh, like Prince is just like, he's such a, uh, oh my goodness. But was, he was watching you. He was listening to you. He was no, it was funny. No, no, we 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 had a we had a great relationship. I remember um, when he was uh, he had started the New Power Generation, uh-huh. and uh, I think they were all working on um, Graffiti Bridge or something like that. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> he reached out. They reached out to me, and. Um, because he was starting a radio station, I think, at the mm-hmm. time, like a, like a pirate radio station. And he reached out to me and was coming to New York. And we spoke on the, he called me and we spoke on the phone. He called me like two in the morning. Hey, man, I, re- I really love your, the stuff that you guys do. Yeah. I'm coming to New York. 
I hope to see you then. And I was like, okay, well, it was great. He's like, yeah, okay. And hangs up the phone. So then a couple weeks later, he calls and he's at the Apollo. And he's doing like a thing, like one of his hit and run shows. And they're doing, I guess they had that song. uh, No, I think, no, it was the one after. It was Get Off and Cream and all that stuff. Okay. It was that one. I met, met him on Graffiti Bridge. We had that little conversation. So it was actually, that's right. It was probably a year or so after he came to town. Was Wendy, Wendy and Lisa in that record? Wendy and they weren't in the band at that time. That, they were done. Okay. Yeah. So then we, he was at the Apollo and he was, I came in and then he was doing 1999. But some, sometimes, you know, when you're hitting live, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily do recorded tempo. You do show tempo. So it's like, it's it's and I'm like, no, it's like too fast. And I come out, and I just come out to Apollo. I'm like, he's put it up, Bob. He does turn around, slide, and runs off the stage. He says, come, come later. And there's a limo right by the door. He slides off the side of the stage. His, his guy puts a coat over him and he hops in the limo, the doors open and he drives off. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but he was, no, but he was a great, a dear, dear friend. And we, we, you know, we worked on some stuff together and he would always, he came, you know, I, he, <laughs> the conversations we had with him were crazy. But he, he surprised me couple times he was like when we were working on one of my solo albums he came to a couple of the shows and then he hopped up on stage with me on one so I had no idea and it was just like you know you're still pinching yourself yeah. this is it's like yeah. him and Stevie it's like you pinch just you're like and, and of course De Niro you see them and you're like oh god yeah, it's kind of these guys you know what right. I mean right right so I almost did a under the cherry moon so much but no, no, this is about you. Oh, yeah, it's a podcast. This, this is a podcast, and I'm interviewing, but I wanted to tell you that I almost did uh, uh, Under the Cherry Moon. He wanted me to do that movie. And this is a long, long time Billy, ago. you should have did it. Uh, I t- well, well, you this know, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Scott Thomas yeah. did it, and she was, you know, she did. At the time, there was, it was like I in that state where, you know, and then I had people, and they say, no, that's not right for you, and you shouldn't do it, and. And I always kicked myself about it, but when he did invite me to the to the premiere, which ended up being an MTV award, they chose somebody who won this contest mm-hmm. at, in their hometown, and it was I think it was Jackson in in Wyoming or something. And um, right. And he flew Joni Mitchell and I to oh, the premiere. Another one, Joni. Oh my god, I love. Oh, <laughs> well, she's me too, and that's why I know I love Joni so much. Um, and we and we flew together, and then I never I never got to do it. And I used to shoot the backstage interviews for Coachella, and he played. Oh, you did? Yeah, for six years. And um, and I was supposed to interview him, and then his handler was really pissed off, like because I just usually just go up to say, "Hey, hi, you know, I'm Arizona kid." Right, right, right. And usually people would just no one, you know, everybody would do it. But his handler was like, and then he just killed it. He was so, and I remember him just looking at me like, "Hey, you know, like," and then he kept going, and I. Didn't yeah. get that interview, and I was so bummed. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, tell me everything that's going on with you right now, because we're just dealing in this crazy world right now, and I think music has always been for me. Wait, but how's Joni doing? 
Joni's doing okay. She's really doing well. You have to tell her yeah. that I love her so much. I will. And, and 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 please just send her like. Do you do you know her? Love no. Well, so you guys need to connect, and we yeah. should also do that. By the way, with uh, with your you know, with uh, Michael Austin, who's you know, my yes. old great friend, and and your the you Austin were- friends, everybody out there listening, the Austin family, so we don't get you too much in the weeds. Yeah, Hello, we everybody. Here to recap. Mo Austin signed Frank Sinatra and Jimi Hendrix. Right. Okay, next (laughs) day. And Michael, Michael, uh, you know, is 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 one of the great, great manager, great years, Mm -hmm. great human being, Mm -hmm. and a great old friend of mine for twenty. What twenty? I think we're going on forty years. What am I talking about? I like to say forty years. And I see your slide shirt. And I, I did that just for you. I I see. You know. Sly and the Family Stone, I wore that for you because we talked about Sly and the Family Stone before. And yeah, I know. Did you meet him? Um, I have his board. I spoke to him on the phone, but I never yeah. met him. I've seen him perform. Yeah. It's kind of great. You was telling me you saw him perform a few times, right? I saw him, and then, you know, the last time um, he played at Coachella, and because I was shooting the backstage, I was like, ah, oh, I really want that interview. But he was having a... It was yeah. a little moment, you know, there where it was just like, it was just too much. And I think he's just, you know, he's an empath. He's like, feels all the energy and people were mm-hmm. like, and he kind of came out and just stared at everybody and the band was playing and he didn't really play. And I just felt, I just felt this energy from him. Like it was like a sadness. It was like, a, I don't know what it was, a fear. But so I went up to the stage and because I had the access to be right there on the front of the stage, I started like, we love you. We love you. And I just kept screaming, we love you. And then giving people to say, we love you. So, so he could feel the love. And then he came to the end of the stage and sat there and just held my hand. And, you know, and I said, I said, we love you. Everybody wants, loves you, please. You know, and he goes, what do you want to hear? And I said, I just, the first thing that came to my mind, and I don't know why, but because there's so many songs, but I just said, hot fun in the summertime. (laughs) (laughs) And he sang it. And then I think another song. And then he just like, you know what? He just looked at everybody and kind of said uh, he had enough. And he's one of the greatest greatest musicians ever i love his work it was my childhood was his albums you know so d'angelo just sent me last night um he is he mary j blige and michael jackson do a hot fun in the summertime for the lebron james space jam movie that's coming out this summer what yeah and it's incredible oh i gotta hear that incredible yeah. Wait a minute. So Michael Jackson, who had Last recorded night. that a long time ago, so and then Michael, they just- Michael recorded it. I actually remember because Mary, came I love her. My, she came to my studio to record her vocals. The, um, so it's it was Mary, Michael, and D'Angelo. So, but they didn't. They did it when he when Michael's vibrant. He had Michael, recorded it himself, Michael, and they cut Michael, it into it. Michael started the track. But D'Angelo did the D'Angelo did the track, and then Michael recorded to it. Then Michael passed, and then uh-huh. um, they decided to get Mary. So Mary came by here and cut her vocal here, and then Mike. They just finished it last night, and they're gonna put it. It's like a tiny <gasps> song. Oh, I want to hear that so much. You know, I used to also be friends with Michael years ago because so I was around for the Thriller album a lot. Um, because at the time I was. 
with uh, Steve Piccaro, who wrote uh, Human Nature, and I was oh friends with. Oh my God! Him. What a song! That's like the best. That's his best song. So that's I so love, that song. So love, yeah, so that was. Were there brothers Piccaro? Yeah, the Piccaros, Jeff Piccaro, who passed away, and now and uh, mm-hmm. Steve is alive. But um, we were together at the time, and so I was in the studio all the time, and I was friends with with Michael, and he would just go, "You know what? Your real name, you're Tinkerbell. You're Tinkerbell." And so that's every time he would see me go, Hey, Tinkerbell. And that's, and I'm thanked on the record actually. But, um, and, and I, and I did really, yeah. Um, it says, uh, Steve and Rosanna. backgrounds on any of those? It says Steve Rosanna Picaro. I wasn't married to him, but for some reason he just probably assumed I was, but it says Steve Rosanna. Oh my goodness. You have that effect on people. (laughs) But I, but we were, we were good pals and, you know, it's, all really sad everything that <clears throat> turned out because he was a great he's a great musician was a great musician i hope i'm not i hope this is not too like laughing like non sequitur like we're, i hope our whole interview right now is not so like one-liner, one-liner. I'm, uh, I'm not taking you off me well i'm just this is we're just this is what it is like we're oh, just really? flowing okay. is that okay with you it's great with me. Yeah, I'm because just, I, I don't do that. Okay. I just have I just yeah. have a conversation. Like there's a million questions here, and I I come out even looking at them, and 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 because I I, I, I always have them just in case I get lost in something, just to make sure that I'm, you know, doing the right thing. But I do uh, like to just have a conversation yeah, and see where it on. goes. Right? Yes. I, I'm so sorry because I, you know, I like you know chit chat with you. So well, this is what we're doing. We're chit chatting, and and then it also is. Yeah. And it's an it's a it's a way for people to also know you in a way that that maybe they don't. Um, I didn't know, and something that I just discovered, I didn't know that you actually teach at the music school, Clive Davis Music School. Are you a professor? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can I start calling you professor? You know, I did, I, you Kamal. Know, <laughs> no, you know, I was thinking about it because they called me again. I'm talking about all these calls I'm getting. Let's see, I've had three calls conversations since we started. I'm sorry, that's my mind. But that's okay. Um, they called the, the uh, Jason King, and they want me to come back and do it, like to come on as a staff, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I want to do it, definitely, definitely. I, but I don't know. I think I'm still, I still have some chapters of my own to write before I, really? I don't know. I think I, a, I think if you did a semester a year, I mean, so maybe it's just even like the three month thing, yeah. and you just commit to something like that. What you're doing, it's still you well, may a good idea for a syllabus, but then I, I started like working on it and stuff. So I don't know. You I, might I, discover I, the new, the you know, the new next amazing, yeah, right. you know, prodigy, right. and be able to help them, and maybe that's part of the I thing mean, where you're right. actually still exactly. you're still in the. You know, you're teaching and you're also creating. I think it, it could be powerful. Yeah. I think yeah. it could be powerful. I enjoyed it, though, when I did it. And they, so I, I'm, I, I probably go back, but it was really, it was really great, you know, to, to be able to do that. I, I think I'm going to change your It's Professor Kamal. <laughs> the professor, which could be a whole new record. And maybe that's what it is. It's the professor and the people that you discover in that that three months and maybe that's what it is it's like actually they bringing you oh, yeah, yeah. their work I, I used to do I was back in the days I used to do albums 
um, music schools from different, you know, universities around the country. They would do like, you know, the Bowling Green uh, woodwind band with featuring the, you know, such, <laughs> the Piscataway, such and such and such, you know what I mean? Like they would have these little albums that would come out on these. I don't know. That could be good. That could be good. Yeah. I, I mean, and the thing that's the beauty of it is that it's like you could just do a semester. So it's like a special class that everybody would be probably, it'll be huge and people would want to be a part of it, but maybe it's just three months. You know, it's not the whole year. Just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And do it like that. Especially, especially now that because of COVID and everything, it's really all, I have so many great musician friends. One of my best friends are all musicians and for them not to be able to go on the road and tour right now, it's a, this is like, we don't have music festivals. We don't have live music. We're not going into the place. I, I feel like uh, so depressed by it because I realize yeah. that that's such a huge, huge part of yeah. my life. I, I don't know. I think I'd rather have like, food and water and, <laughs> you know, some necessities before I get to music. You know what I mean? Like, although music, it's definitely, you know, what it is. But I, I think that, um, you know, just looking at, the, at, at where we've been for the last, I don't know, 18 months or so, it's just been really the last four years. The four know. years were the worst things that ever happened to maybe the world, but it is, is, is the president of the United States, uh, uh, the ex-president, uh, if you can call him that, uh, Trump, and what he did and how he's destroyed um, everything on every level. It really, it, really, um, it really puts everything into context. And, you know, music was just like, uh, you know, yeah, I do it, but I could chill. It's all right. You know what I mean? Because it was just about like our um, our rights and our liberty, and you know, all of that was just been seriously impeded upon. You know? It it has. I mean, systematic racism. Of course, I don't have to explain that to to anybody. But for me, growing up, um, and I'm white, and so lived. Even though I grew up extremely poor, um, and my mother was an activist and worked mm -hmm. with you know Fred Hampton, um, Chairman mm -hmm. Fred, and uh, you know in the, in the kitchens in Chicago and peace marches and like I was around um, social justice and my mom put together a march with Martin Luther King and mm -hmm. this was like instilled in my whole being. I guess all of us in America, you know, when we all experienced with our own eyes and ears, the murder of George Floyd, which mm -hmm. happens, you know, daily mm -hmm. all the time. But we, it came or this, we saw this, we heard this and it, it, it went into our, anybody who's a human being our, and, and the black lives matter movement, which is such an important movement. And, that peacefully beautiful protests that happened all across the country, which were not violent, were not filled mm -hmm. with, you know, it was, if anything came that you could see that the people, they were white supremacists actually creating the violence to make it look like this was black lives matter doing it. And they were not doing it anyway. I'm going on and on and tell me how you have been dealing with this 
right now in this time. Yeah, I know, right? It's hard to find a word, right? This yeah, culture, for me. This, uh, this, I mean, it's I, been, you know, all you could do is just take it a, a, a day at a time. And um, thankfully, you know, look, I'm super blessed, right? Because mm-hmm. you and I are kind of like, you know, we exemplify um, the idea of what it is to the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Being a woman, being an African-American man, but still um, kind of following our notions and our passions and becoming, I guess, what we became, for lack of a better word. And it's we have first world problems. So when this thing hit us, sure, we couldn't go do the yoga. We couldn't go to spin class. We couldn't get on a private plane to go to this place or whatever, but... Um, I'm fine. I handled it fine, but that was just so like what automatically kicked in, I think, not only for me, but for folks like you, is to, well, what can we do? We have to become active. Well, how can we affect, how can we use the fact that we have access to this plane and our Rolodex is so mighty and hefty Mm -hmm. and we have these relationships? How can we leverage this right now Mm -hmm. in real time? to really affect the change. So, I, you know, I've been doing that, you know, quietly just been, you know, was put together a little coalition and we spent hours and hours Zooming. I've just so much reading and just getting up to speed on everything that was happening, not only from the pandemic aspect, but then from the whole George Floyd um, incident, the Breonna Taylor incident. Oh, um, God. You know, just really trying to leverage all of our, <clears throat> all of our um, goodwill and currency to try to uh, affect the change as much as ever. But I didn't want to do it because you know we're we're polarizing too, right? Yeah. Um, because you know, oh look at these liberals, these artistic liberals think they could, you know, fine. And some of it is 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 warranted, some of it not so. But so so be it. We know the playing field, I, I wanted to kind of do it. I guess this is the first time I'm talking about it to anybody that I was kind of working behind the scenes because I didn't really want to uh, be on Front Street with it. And I and and to keep to that, you know, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. your friend, I, I'll mention that, but I won't get into the things that I Got did. But that's how I spent a lot of my time also and then caring for mom and then kind of going star crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like having cabin fever and just... I just hope that they just this impeachment thing gets on. It just seems like his whole. I don't know what he's doing with his legal team. Did he put anything together? He, whoever they are, their names sound like porn stars. I don't like mm-hmm. butch somebody. <laughs> just the whole thing right, is just right. like, what is going on here? Who are these people? Um, one of them, I, I it took uh, to, it was the 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 last attorney that came into the cell of uh, Jeffrey Epstein. So. There, you know, there you go. Um, um, those are his people, the, the lowest of the low, mm. and um, and I and then the movement because um, we clearly are seeing there's no such thing as the Republican Party anymore. Which I mean, I, I'm a long time. Yeah, what's your views on that? Hmm? Uh, your the, the it's uh, I, I'm not a Republican. I I I I but whatever was once the people that the John McCain's of the world who, you know, we don't, we didn't agree with John McCain or anything, but the guy, a guy like that, or the guys in the Lincoln project who left 
the Republican Party to who actually believed in democracy. And like there were some at least honorable in that area of like the Constitution or, you know, following these things that mm. we all uh, fought and died for. A lot of people have for mm. uh, democracy and um, whatever this new it's all based on racism of the Q thing. It's all based on, on uh, systematic racism, which is, is, was how this whole country was built, unfortunately. But, and we're trying to dismantle that, but these people are keeping it, keeping it in the front and center in a way that is so extraordinarily dangerous. The crazy thing about is racism is, 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 is birthed from, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a strain of capitalism. It's out mm-hmm. of capital. It's really capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's really about money. Mm-hmm. And racism is just a facade kind of that just was thrown. A hefty facade that had that caught, you know, it, it's maniacal and kind of devious. But it's like one of those, like, um, mm, ingenious. You know, one of those evil guys who have yep. like this yes. great, like, whoever came up with it. Like, So it's like been used to really leverage um, capitalism, but uh, I, the guys I, of a democracy and, a dem- and we all know democracy is a fragile as fuck. What other is. democracy is out there, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, democracies don't fucking, if they're around, they don't last and they're rare. You know, but, it's like being a cuckoo or something, you know what I mean? So, but you seeing that like Kyle Rittenhouse? That shit. You know, no, what you gonna say? say that again. I was, was going to say that just recently that, you know, this kid, the 17 year old kid that murdered two people with his gun, except his mother driving him with this. And then he gets mm-hmm. off and now they can't find him and bail. And then they pepper spray a nine year old black child. You know, this shit is like this. It's, it's, it makes me it makes me feel like fucking wrong. It's so foul. horrible. Foul. It's horrible. And the, dudes, and the dudes who do that, who actually, the actual guys, I'm not saying all cops, but the guys who actually do that, if you're macing a nine-year-old yeah. fucking kid, yes. if you're fucking pulling up on a yeah. 12-year-old boy in Cleveland outside playing by yeah. himself with That's his right. toy gun yep. and shooting him from your car, you're a yep. fucking pussy. Tamir- yeah. I'm sorry. All, all, I'm sorry. All, yeah. But sure. that's punk shit. You know what I'm saying? There's... Like, their 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 white supremacists now are infiltrating the military, infiltrating our police force. It's like these guys like it, it, it need to be weeded out. It's like restructuring the the uh, police yeah. force. We yeah. need to get them out. They can't. They they cannot be. Yeah, right? No way. What 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 great what nation have you know, what nation have you known to really fall prey to like like a great sovereignty like this, right? Like one of the superpowers of the, of the world. And think about in all of history, what country that has this superpower tag to it, Roman Empire, Ming Dynasty, whatever, has fallen from a threat from another nation? I mean, yes, we've fallen from Russia. They, they've been doing it for you. Huh? Like, think about it seriously. Right now, I mean, this falling from God, these these great sovereignties usually, usually I, I'm sure you could find an example, but don't they fall at the hands of their own? Well, it's happening in India. 
right now. Modi is right. a fascist. It's happening right. like in India is happening. We're, I I, it's history. starting to happen in the UK. Uh, just it know, happened in the UK is back in the in the fourteen hundreds. Yep. yep, yep, 1500s. They had to kick motherfuckers out of there. Yep. Right? Yeah. Am I right? I then half of them. Right. Where did they go? They had one half of the degenerates in the UK went to Australia, and the other half came to America. Right? Like, I mean, look at it. Like, they always fall into hands of their own. And I feel like, although it would have been nice to have a little bit more time in this motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, it's only been like 500 years or 600 years. So it would have been nice to get at least two, 3,000. But it feels like it's it's kind of like we're on, we're like hanging on the thread on the ledge. Like, we we're in the third act, hanging yeah. off the ledge. I, I I don't know. Should I? Am I being? Am I pessimistic? No, because what I mean, we're seeing. Right, look what thing. happened with COVID. Me. You gotta help me understand this. You know what I'm saying? I I, 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 I feel like it's fucked. It's it is fucked, especially what we're seeing with COVID right now, um, and we're seeing that the majority of the people that are actually dying from it because of their negligence and horrible how they handled it. You know, we're the country in the world that has worse than any place in the world who handled this. Um, and, and the, the amount of black and brown and indigenous, indigenous tribes that are just dying from COVID to me, it's like, what it, to me, it, it's like, is this, this was pointed. This was the intentional. There's something eugenics. What the fuck is this? It's horrible. And and I I I I've been really depressed, frankly, and um like a, many you know we're all here in this collective PTSD. Uh, the day that I mean I uh, we had a, like a moment. There was just this moment of hope for like a second. You know, Sean Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, they got in, and Georgia was like, well, Stacey Abrams, my God, thank you, God, and. And then and, and, you, and can't, then, you can't you can't even enjoy that. I was making a peach like, pie. I was making a peach pie in the morning, and let me tell you, and then <laughs> and then the sixth that came, and then it was like they're storming the fucking Capitol. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like these crazy lunatics are rubbing their shit on the walls. Oh my right. They're right. rubbing their shit on the walls. And, 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 and it's like, this is, and, and the president of the United States has said, go, go do that. You go do that. You go kill these people. You go kill AOC. You go kill Nancy Pelosi. You even go, go kill Pence while you're at it too. Because, you know, he hasn't stuck up. Penny Mike Pence. I, I, they had guillotines. I mean, this shit cannot stand. I mean, they, we, we cannot be. fucking believable. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. You don't even get a fucking second to, to fucking say, oh, to have a collective sigh of relief. The next day, yeah. these motherfuckers is yeah. out there doing meth yeah. and fucking beer bongs, smoking joints <laughs> and shit in there. Yeah. Fucking Skinner is playing, bouncing oh. off the, the, the fucking... Sweet home Alabama. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I did after that. I don't think I slept for about four days in a row. I was like walking around in the most insane 
anxiety. And then when the, the inauguration happened this day, just to say is it was done very beautiful. It was like, okay, shh, let's just, and I found myself crying all day. Just let's just please, please. When Kamala came in there and, Oh, Amanda, the beautiful poet, and and, wow. and just and then he puts in Lloyd Austin, who's like a black man for the Pentagon, and he's like, what, com- I mean, he's do he's he is he's trying to do this in a way that we can come together, but we can never ever ever unite ever with white supremacists. We're never it's never going to happen. Never, and you know why? And the whole thing, white supremacy, racism, all of this stuff. Like we said, I, I think it's all kind of comes, they're, they're fruits of um, capitalism, right? And mm-hmm. he was saying it's never going to get better as long as white supremacy and those kind of concepts and people who live them exist and, and are free to grow and just, you know what I mean? And it's, it's going to happen because it's all privilege, mm-hmm. right? And like we were talking about, like, I like him privilege. You know, every infant has privilege when they're born, right? Because they, they, you cry, they cry, they get fed, somebody comes to them immediately, see what's wrong, they, we, we try to egg them on to laugh, they smile, we have to feed them, we have to wipe them, when they sit and they pee and we take care of them. And with white folks, this is just an observation from a black man, but with white folks in this country, that privilege it's extended beyond infancy because it's like you you have the privilege yep. to rear your children that they and the ones who look and you faction with are the only ones that matter in exist. Which is why gentrification has been a hot and heavy topic for what seventy some odd years it's consists of fifties. Um because when white folks move into black neighborhoods, they'll run down, you know, 137th Atlantic jogging past the Audubon where Malcolm was murdered. And, you know, they are looking for, you know, oh, well, I got to stop by Dwayne Reed. There's one black person that passed it, another black person that passed it, another black person that passed it. Because the white person. Hello, do you know what a Dwayne Reed is? That's the example of gentrification and privilege that at its core is a problem because it you don't coexist with it. Humanity becomes frail and becomes trite and it's only extended to people who not even look Look, yes, look like you, but it's who get it. In a, I don't know if I'm making sense. Sure. But white privilege, it's really, to me, it's a, uh, it's a, it's really this thing that's like spoiled, spoiled brats. Yeah. When you saw these guys get a, the QAnon Absolutely. guy who looked like Jamiroquai only eats Organic food, oh, whatever his funny name is, I can't even mention his name, right? It's but just like go fuck they, yourself. They they, <laughs> they said that they were gonna give him organic food in jail, right? That's just like these guys when they go and they have a no fly zone, and you see videos of them 
grown men in airports. Ah, I can't believe you treat me like this. Treat me like a black person. I'm just trying to fly home. And because I went to the capital, babies. Yeah. Privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Babies. They are spoiled rotten. I agree. And there's a there's hope. I, I the the one the one little piece of hope I think is that humanity that they choose to to exercise in, in certain situations and choose not to make it a broad sense of humanity. That humanity that escapes them to make them, you know, not ask the ten black people that walk past them and only ask that way. But that kind of humanity that they lack is the one thing that I think is the hope for them. You know? <laughs> Underneath which situation God only knows, but I, I, I think that that's the only hope. Other than that, I think we're fucked. I do agree with you, actually, and I have a lot of shame, you know, because I am privileged, I am white, and I have a lot of shame you about that. You don't have no shame because you, mm. because, no, 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 but wait, wait, wait. Knowing is what? Half the what? Knowing is half the what? Battle, right? That's what they say? It's a battle, but, or, or, or right. but, but, but you can't be. I, you know, I talked about it. There, if, I, if, if you if you if you didn't recognize that for yourself, if you had no idea, then that would be a different conversation. You should feel bad. Absolutely, the fact that you're kind of like aware of it. It's oh, not a, I, I I have I actually have a lot of guilt and shame about it. I do because it feels it does it is unfair. And I I talked about it after the El Paso shootings. I said something, you know, on Twitter and I clumsy one of my clumsy tweets of but I said about being white and privileged and I had said something about you know that about racism this you know and how horrible this was and this murders and it was all white supremacy and I have a lot of shame because I'm white and privileged and I I'm, I feel ashamed and I got like I got those Q people like death threats calling my managers like just this slew of racism at me for saying that where to the point where, you know, we had to have an investigator make sure that everything was cool. But, and I still stand by my words. Because a lot of them are punks, though. They ain't going to do shit. Like a lot of people who talk don't really do. A lot of them, they, it's a lot of barking. You have a few in there that don't bite. Yeah. Definitely. And you have some that are kind of coupled with the bark and the bite. There's a yeah. few. Anomaly. But most of them, it's, it's a bunch of, like, you know, hubba balloon. And they, they just, you know... The thing about it is that the dangerous thing about that is that kind of hubbubaloo gets infectious and it rolls around and it spreads and it gets, you know, um, viral. Whereas the internet has been, you know, I think one of the most um, important, you know, personifications of, of communication in the last 100 years, right? Because it's really made. I mean, you've made so much strides. It's made Global Village that much more knit. But at the same time, the dark, the darkness that that happens there, you know. I want to know right now, with everything that I know, you're working behind the scenes and changing the world and many things. But are you making music in this time? 
Yeah, I'm always I'm always working. I'm always working. I um, so I have a couple of little things that I'm trying to to, 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 to wrap up now. Um, but yeah, have you ever thought about doing a musical? Uh, like a hip hop, real hip hop musical, like a with a great story, like really, really do it. Yeah, we've been talking about doing something that's different from that. Though, but kind of in that vein, we're kind of working on something now. Oh, neat! I like it, to hear that. That's cool. Be, it should be cool. I'll tell you kind of. Okay, we won't do. We won't you talk know, about it. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to um, finish up some stuff. I've been having some music that I've been working on. I'm putting out three records. Well, that's what I mean. This is yeah. great news. <laughs> okay, you're putting out three records. Yeah. Okay, and they're but all now. You know, you know, it's funny because of the delivery system of everything now. Mm-hmm. It's it's really made it a little bit more wide open now to in terms of like you could do the albums, you could do singles, you could do bundle of singles, you could do um so I'm just trying to play with how I'm gonna put them out and in which forms and like they're not just gonna just solely be music. I'm still gonna like I'm gonna do like um like a, like a little show with a couple of them because they're kind of themed. Like one is called Algorithm and it's spelled A-L-G-O-R-A-Y-T-H-M. I love and it. And the other one is called Riot Diaries or kind of like um, Dr. Strange Love or How Did We Learn How to Love the Bomb, but it's like Riot Diaries, what to do in case, you know, Riot Diaries, what to do What to do in case your humanity gets jacked. What do and we then, do? What do we do if our humanity is jacked, which it is being I, jacked right now? What are we going to do? <laughs> What's the answer? I don't know. It's going to be in the diary. In the it's going to play music. You know, you got to you take your pills, you drink your water. Eat your green. We can and we can get some water to drink that's clean and not, you know, toxic. You read a passage of something every day, you know, that inspires you. you? Yeah. Do you, you read the Do you read the Quran? I do. Mm-hmm. Is that what that's inspires true. you? Do you do your prayers? Do you do five times a day on prayers? Not every day. I strive, as they say that um, when you're on your dean, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Um, so my dean is kind of like struggle. It's a struggle. It's called jihad al-alta, the jihad of self. Mm-hmm. You have the good, um, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu would say that the greatest jihad is the one with yourself. My dad and- paid five times a day. He went to the, he, he was a real Muslim and went to, um, to the, to Mecca. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've yet to make my Hajj. I got yeah, the Hajj. Yeah, and, you brought know, me back Jasmine, some amazing Jasmine. You know, uh, it was like, yeah, they call it private stock from under the rock. That's yeah, what call it when you need somebody to bring you some sense from there. It's funny because I wrote a rhyme one time, and it said, um, "I said I'm just a humble man descended of the motherland. Mm-hmm. I fuck with blackberries and dimes with butter tan. Good on in my right and troubles on my other hand." Life is a tightrope. I'm dying to balance. You know, it's like, because if you're on a tightrope, if you slip, you may die, right? But that's what life is. It's a, 
it's a tightrope and you're all, as soon as you're born, you're kind of dying, right? But you're dying to balance. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. And is the balance, does the balance come from your spirituality to the connection of Allah, God, whatever you want to say, the, you know, Mother Earth, whatever is higher for you. Some people, you're a Muslim, so it's Allah. But um, that core center of truth and love, which for me is God. Yeah, I mean, look, the balance is that, first of all, you got to be able to deal with the fact that you're not perfect. And when, once you get past that, you can't beat yourself up. And then you're going to have to get the balance between beating yourself up but still being stern, right, with yourself. Mm-hmm. There's balance there. Discipline. Then there you go. Then there's balance in, you know, joy and how much joy you're having in your life. You know what I'm saying? To balance, I think um, little ideas of balance are, are like cysts in the body. Like we all have so many cysts in our body. It's a horrible analogy, but there's always pockets of balance all throughout all of us that we're trying to do every day. You know what I mean? You got to be able to Water. Drink your water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enough, right? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta just it's you gotta work out. Like it's all this just the rhythm of life all around us, the balance, you know, how plants give us what we eat and give back to them what they eat. Just balance personifications of balance of life that is always just around, right? So that's that's my thing, you know. And sometimes you fall off. Yeah. And it's do you okay. do? Do you, you're a vegetarian, right? You don't eat meat, animals. I eat some fish. Eat yeah. Some ch- I'll eat some chicken and fish. Oh, oh you do eat a little but, chicken. Oh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a bird. That's I an mean, animal. I'm a living thing. I mean, I are you a vegetarian? Um, I go. I for 15 years I was solid vegetarian. Then I went off when I had my baby, like who's now 26. So mm-hmm. I go on and off. But right now in life, right now I am. Sometimes don't you feel like you have you want some iron? And but like, I, I so like if I, you want a burger, sometimes it's like when you're in Rome, do you just say, you know what? I haven't had a burger in 20 years. Maybe I have a little piece of bread if I felt like it. So it's funny because my daughter never had meat until she was about 12. And then she said to mom, mom, I want a hamburger. And I was like, God, why? I, I shouldn't be telling her what's right for her body. Like I raised her vegetarian. And so I remember this moment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get her a great hamburger. <laughs> this is right, like a right. healthy one as much as it was in New York. And she liked it. And then, and you know, and now she's kind of finding her own way. But at that point, it wasn't for me to right. tell her what was right for right. her. You know, I know you're dealing if, I don't know if it's okay, but we can cut this. And yeah, ask, but, you know, no, no. With your mama? Mm-hmm. been ill Mm -hmm. is that okay to talk about yes i cut this right now we Um, need to no 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 no. i in fact want to do something for dementia i need to i want to i'm trying to work to i don't i just don't have any but we could talk about that part off the record but yeah yeah, i'm my mother dementia the the strongest woman i've ever known Mm -hmm. montgomery alabama she's born She's one of 15. Um, and like any relationship, you know, it's like I lost my dad when it was, when he was six, when I was 16, he passed. And my mother and father honored their vows, you know, they were kind of like old school and stuff. And my mother never remarried. And, um, was she? With my heart, I'm able to take care of her, you know what I'm saying? 
and it's and Tim, you're taking care of her in a great way. And so she, your dad, yeah. did your dad start to see your success? Start like he started to no. see what you were becoming. No, the writing and well, he knew. Well, my dad was a was an avid reader. He spoke like three or four languages. He spoke Latin, so he spoke German and Spanish and French. And, was know, he a all- teacher? He was a soldier. He was in the Korean the, the Korean conflict. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he had there, a lot of trauma too from that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he was, a, he was dope. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom's was um, amazing. Like we, I mean, parents not perfect, but parent perfect, you know, in a weird way, you know what I'm saying? So um, my mom just like her strength, you know, how she raised me and my sister, I just like, you know, she's just an amazing one. Just to think about a black girl in the fifties in Alabama and then get to New York. You know what I mean? Like, just I still think about it and I marvel. You know, when you're young yeah. and you take things for granted about your elders, but then when you start to get to there in those age range, you know, ages, you start to ah, you know what I mean. Just it's just it just so it just rings so true. So yes, my mom she's doing great. Thank God she's lucid. She's listening to her Bobby Blue Bland and her little Willie John and her Sam Cooke. Are you making her playlist? I made a playlist. Yeah, good, good. And so and well, see her- though you know what I'm saying because it's hard to see see her like that still, yes. still. And it, it's, it's crazy. It's your when, mama, of course. Yeah. And it's crazy, like, the dementia thing. And, you know, shouts out to everybody out there who's listening, whose families who deal with, you know, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, to all of you out there. Like, know that, you know, there's a lot of wonderful people out there who, you know, you can look online to go call people to talk about because the caretakers go through a lot of, it's not just the person who has it, but it's the children and caretakers of those. That's a lot. So I, my heart is with you all as somebody who deals with that. It's, it's a different range of emotions, and I, I can admit it. Like, I've definitely gone through it. It's hard when your mother doesn't know who you are. That's a very, sounds very, very painful. Both my parents died pretty young. My mother had cancer, my father yeah. Uh, had liver issues and and then succumbing and and yeah. and so and then Alexis, my trans sister, like died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that long time of taking care of someone who was ill, I understand that part of it. Yeah. And yeah. um, and it is super painful. But it's interesting that do you feel like when you put the music on, there's a connection to you when she. The music is everything. Well, right. is it connection? It's a, her connection is just solely to the music. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get as expansive as that, unfortunately, for when you're dealing with dementia and people of her age. But the wonderful thing about it is that that synapsis just wakens up when they hear and can say every word. Like the other day, you know, she's singing some, I don't know, Work With Me Annie, Hank Ballard. Now I know the songs. <laughs> uh, work With Me Annie. That's pretty about to get in this good, so good, so good, so good. You know, and she's singing all these words, and then King will come on, and she's like, 
or the spinners will come on oh. and she's like, you know, could it be your But then I'm like, Ma, you know who I am? She's like, Now who are you? <laughs> and I chuckle sometimes, you know what I mean? But she just gets finished singing all of these words, these songs, and then doesn't know what so it's funny at this point, you know what I mean? But it's cute and it's great. So sometimes I have to be like, you know, like <laughs> superstition was on and she was singing, baby, superstition, riding. I was like, yeah, mama, you singing this song? I said, you know what? I forgot. How do you spell superstitious, mom? S-U-P-E-R-S-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-W-N. <laughs> I was like, that's right, Ma, that's right. You know, so you have to, you know, you have to be keep her engaged, keep yeah. her engaged in, and in, 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 in life and in, in the life force. So, and, and the people I have who work with me and my, from my assistants and my security, the people who are caretaking and just been so fabulous. And it's like the, that humanity that we were talking about a few minutes earlier, like it's such a vital source with this whole undertaking has taught me. It's like plasma. It's like, it's like water or humanity. It's like, it should be an element that we should, it should be something that should be cared for and coddled and shipped away like the finest of stones. Humanity is just slipping, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a precious thing. It's the diamond inside that stone. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. So, like, the humanity that that everybody who's around her and sees her and touches her and caretaker can't express enough. I'm thankful. Well, who's your favorite Beatle? John. Even though I, uh, you know, I was friends with... and. Uh, very close friends with McCartney, but I mean, <laughs> that's terrible. They're they're both both amazing artists together, and their their music together are incredible. But I, I loved uh, I love so much the the humanity and the activism of John Lennon so much, and Yoko together what they did. Favorite uh, Stone. Favorite Stone. Um, well, I have to say Keith. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> what if Brian Jones would have been? I so- mean, if Brian Jones, who did pass, and that was so, I just saw like a, a documentary a long time about that, and just about the death of Brian Jones, and um, yeah, what, where, where would they, would they be? Because I think Brian did bring in the style and the a lot, a lot to them that got buried. Um. Okay. So. Is it is it is it uh, Robert Mitchum or Marlon Brando? Okay, so it, it, I love Brando, and I uh, and I went to a film festival years ago with uh, with Robert Mitchum, and um, we were both at this film festival, so I got to have a bunch of meals with him, and oh my gosh, he was fantastic. Him and, and his wife, the, I think of Dolores, they were married for years and years, and he was just such a character. And but I I do. Well, they were both great actors. I Muhammad think Mitch, Ali or Mike Tyson? Muhammad Ali, for me. Muhammad yeah. Ali. I have mm-hmm. a, I actually have a, I have a, where is that? I have a, like a, a beautiful Muhammad Ali. Where is that? Um, I'll find it. This Meryl Streep or Catherine Hepburn? 
Hmm. Is that a bad thing? Okay. No, uh, no. I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking because they're both, they're really different and very uh, gifted and, um, you know, in their time, you know, I mean, Meryl Streep is an extraordinary actress. Uh, I love like kind of the offbeat, amazing actresses, you know, like we know, like, Ellen Barkin, you know, like I love, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, our, right, I love Catherine Keener. I, yes. love, I mean, I love, I love Karen um, Black. Oh, I love Karen Black. And she was a really good friend of Alexis. And I met her a few times and she was a uh, day of the locust. Do you know that? Did you ever see that film? It's I John- see that. <gasps> okay. John Schlesinger who directed, uh, yeah. uh uh, Midnight Cowboy. John Schlesinger directed it Midnight Cowboy. Yes. Okay. And that's what I thought. Okay. And uh, I, I was like, ooh. Um, but Day of the Locust. Watch this tonight. Really? Oh, it's... And that's Karen Black. It's amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> film. <laughs> uh, uh, was she in... I, I used to love her. Those eyes. Were, yeah. Oh, my God. Five Easy Pieces she was in. Yeah, that's pretty... I was Five Easy Pieces. Uh, I, think, I, I, like, I think I like Jack in that. I mean, I love... Um, and he was so great. In oh yeah. Well, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I loved. Uh, you know, I loved Julie Christie, and mm-hmm. she was a great movie star. There's, there's so there's so many really great young people right. out there too that are up and coming that are really wonderful. Um, but like, did you see? Um, well, and we're just talking. By the way, um, we just lost my favorite actress. Was you know for since I was a kid, and the Sisley. And we we said when Sounder was one of those great performances, but when I saw the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, when I was oh, that a kid, was great. that great. was one of the greatest. That's and I, she was my cool. favorite actress for years. But now yeah. it's like Viola. She had two, she had two Oscars, huh? But then, and did you ever see that movie she did with Sammy Davis? No. What was it? It was crazy about the jazz. He was a jazz musician. It was tragic. I forget the name of it. She was. They were awesome, both of them. So there's this restaurant that the Austin's used to go to, and I don't know, it, I wasn't with the Austin, but maybe I was. Was I, like, it was years and years ago. It's called Paponi's. It's like an old school mm-hmm. Italian restaurant it's in Brentwood, California. And I we came in, and there was Sicily and Miles sitting no. there, it, right there in the front booth. He had, a, he had, like, a fur on. She, like, they were just, like, the most dope beautiful couple you ever saw mm-hmm. and i was so starstruck you know like and i really wanted to go over and say hello and everybody said no don't bother him don't bother him it was like as i was going i was just like hi <laughs> it's like wow. i was like like that oh. i was supposed to work on miles's um last album and uh you was, were yeah but i couldn't because i was working on low-end theory oh. at the time i was in the middle of it so but he came, he reached out to you to do that? Yeah, yeah, I spoke to, it was so funny because... See what I'm saying? You are one of the great musicians of, of all time, see? Oh, no. <laughs> but I called him, right? So, hello, Mr. Davis. <clears throat> this is Q-Tip. Oh, Q-Tip, like, they, I got your number to call you. Um, it's. I just got to say, it's an honor to meet you. Hold, hold on, hold on. Hey! Who put this? Who put this guy supposed to call? Huh? Hey, yeah. What's happening? <laughs> I was uh, wanting to know if we could, um, at, at the, you know, get, get come to the studio. I was like, did you, uh, 
the studio session for you? He's like, well, yeah, I heard the record's great. I thought it talked to you. But, you know, just come do a couple of things. And it just never happened. Oh, man. Wow. But you had that I conversation and you knew that he wanted you to do yeah. that. That's and, so then Quin- and then Quincy threw a birthday party for him. Um, his, in, it was May at Central Park at the at the Bow House, mm. and um, I remember Kid Capri with his DJ and hat thing, and you know it was Q and Miles, and and Quincy actually introduced me to Miles. He said, "Hey, Q, long," and I'm like, Mr. "Davis," he's like. And he was like, he looked at us and said, like those shoes, some bad motherfuckers. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Mr. Davis. <laughs> Happy birthday. He was like, bang, bang. Somebody took a picture. I can't, I don't, I want the picture. I don't know. Oh, Michael could probably find that for you. Just see if it's yeah. the, in the archives of Quincy somewhere. Yeah, you know? and then he passed, he passed on the day. No, his funeral. Because he passed later on that year in September, and his funeral was on the day that Low End Theory came. Really? Mm-hmm. And now I'm working on an album right now with him. Uh, assumedly, obviously, but it's an electronic album, and it's going to come out on his birthday this year. Really? You're yes, making wait. You're I'm making an album that say that. I've got a bunch of miles. Mild stuff, okay. From like Bitches Brew up to <gasps> which is one of my favorite records ever. <laughs> like all of that electronic stuff. So we just like been, you know, going through getting that's that gonna be crazy great. Can't wait to hear that. It should be fun. Um Miles, I love him. Miles of Coltrane for you. Do you do you uh do stuff with Quincy at all, Q? Your Q, your Q, Q hit the yeah, other Q. It's so, it's so cool because no, I didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, I love him, love Kidada and Kida, R.I.P. Peggy. You know, I know but, she uh, was my friend Peggy. So uh, for many many years, and I, of course, know Quincy and the and the girls and Rashida's doing so great. I love Kidada is an amazing soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I I, I uh, it's funny because. Quest Records, um, when we were coming out, um, Quincy called Ali in my band and got Ali to, to work through A&R in like 1990, I think, for Quest Records. So, you know, so I, see, I, see, I see you sometimes. I'm like, hey, what's up, Pops? I call him Pops sometimes. <laughs> hey, man. Q-Tip, how are you, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Man, you remember when you remember when I hired you to work for 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 for, 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 for Quest? You don't remember that? I was like, and it's like every year you have to correct him, but now you know I just let him rock. It's like, yes, I remember. I remember, yeah, I remember Pops. Hey, man, but well, that was really some good. Are uh, you work on music, man? You good? You are healthy? Good to see you, man. And that's him, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he he's he's just so. Uh, Dynamic. I'm glad they got him like chilled out and sequestered. You know what I mean? Him and Steve to keep those guys. Those the artifacts that we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Rashida did a, you know, did you see that documentary that Rashida directed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was great. She did a great job. Yeah, she did a great job. 
Um, did you see the new one that she did with um, with, with Bill, Bill Murray? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that yet. Yeah, yeah, no, it's sweet. She, I mean, I she's she's a a talent. You were the artistic director for hip hop for the Kennedy Center, which we is that still exists? Is that still happening? Yeah. So what does that entail? Being the artistic director of hip hop, just trying to come up with programs to to put um, um, into the Kennedy Center and to use some of the relationships and stuff to like come up with cool creative ways to put together some you know hip hop inspired programs. What about working and doing music with the, the beautiful poet Amanda? She's amazing. Right? She reminds me of Lauren. Right? Uh, yeah. Who I interviewed. I got to interview her at Coachella, Lauren Hill. Oh, do I love her. Um, yes. And But what maybe that's something that to, you could do, like just take some of her poetry and put music to it and like beats and do something with her. Because I think she's a powerhouse. Yes, and, um, and we're going to be, you know, she's... You should interview her. I would love to. <laughs> Do you know her? No. Oh. How old is she? I don't know. She's what, 22? 22. She's a still a baby. Okay. Yeah. I try to do all kinds of prayer. I mean, I, I, I kind of love all religions or whatever works for everybody and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, um, and respect what That's anybody true. wants to do that centers them and connects them to my almighty that's right all right well i guess i'm gonna have to say goodbye to you but can we keep talking if i come to new york we gotta definitely get together i'm gonna come and play records can i invite myself over to your house and go into that room and go through your record collection and play some records and we gotta hang we have a dinner with with l and barkin that's right right i'll cook oh please okay yeah i'll cook I love I love her and I miss her. It's been really hard to be away and isolated, but at least you're on the same coast. But yeah. um, uh, yeah, because I want to get to New York soon and just figure this out. Are you getting this vaccine or what's happening? We don't talk about that. It's kind of it. once it gets around to being yeah. got, get it. I'm not one of those. You're not in the front lines. Yeah, either I'm not in the front lines. We're gonna wait for the people that really need to have it, like especially yeah. or or you know, yeah, it's. Ugh. God, I can't believe we're here. We're here. But it is a wonderful world. We, we at the although these things are kind of murky, we're, it's, we're pregnant with possibilities right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's as falls as time to rebuild. We're in Aquarius and all that. You know what I'm saying? So we're officially in the age of Aquarius. Yeah. So it's time for old shit to fall and new things to blossom. The lotus that comes up from the mud and blossoms. That's where we're at, right? That's where we're at. All right. Q-tip, Kamal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I want to say... Uh, I'm still pinching myself. I can't believe I'm actually talking. Oh, I'm pinching me. I, was like, I appreciate now, you. Now you're like the Stevie and the Prince. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you as a, an artist and as a, a man in the world that is um, is helps helps others uh on on many levels thank you thank you god bless (laughs) talk soon okay bye all right bye
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review Radical Musings to help other listeners find the show. And subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to be alerted every time we post a new episode. Radical Musings is brought to you by Audio Up, produced by Krista Liney and Carla Braun, edited by Jeremiah Zimmerman, production support provided by Ashley Ardent, Sam Winter, Tyler Dorson, Emma Rappold, and Richard Regal. Oh, yeah, yeah.